business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone. This is Walt Bayless. I'm the host of the Business and People podcast today. I'm thrilled to have with me the professional sports agent, C.G. Jung. C.G. runs cgsportsmanagement.com and has represented some of the biggest athletes in the world, including, including the Paralympian Mackenzie Cohen, who's just signed on with Adidas through C.G. Sports Management. C.G. has represented Olympians, Paralympians. He has some of the biggest names in sport, and he's been through uh, the University of Washington achieving his MBA, then through Harvard Business School with negotiation. It is my absolute pleasure and thrill to welcome to the show Mr. C.G. Young. Hey, Walt. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure, man. It's absolutely fantastic to have you here. So you've been through some amazing things in your career. You, I, I noticed that you've had a lot to do with uh, software. You've had some neural uh, programming kind of sales experience through there. Yeah. You've done business and MBA and now into sports management. How did you get to that position? Yeah, well, um, so if you see my career, you know, there's a lot of different companies from a pretty broad spectrum of, uh, of industries, but I, I've always been in a sales role, um, always in some type of business development, outbound sales, needing to bring in new business, bring in new logos to whatever company or team I was doing. And, um, you know, and that's really where I got to sharpen and refine my skills uh, as a salesperson and then eventually as a business development executive. Nice. And then, you know, down the road, I was able to pair that with my passion for sports, my passion specifically for working with athletes, professional athletes, and helping them achieve their goals, not so much in the arena or, or in, the, in the pool like McKenzie, but more outside. And, you know, luckily, I had a great foundation um, and great experience with sales. And so it allowed me to kind of marry, you know, my passion in sports, yeah. helping people with, an, uh, you know, a very applicable skill set. Fantastic. I'll dig back into the sales in just a little bit because I find that fascinating and I think a lot of people would like to hear. So you've got, you've got some amazing athletes on your books right now and you're talking about not just in the pool or on the track or you know, performing in front of the cameras, but their offline lives as well and that full, full I guess, rounded management. Is it, uh, uh, I guess, each individual athlete needs to have something tailored for them for that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, each uh, each athlete. I mean, whether, whether you know, we have Olympic fencers, we have Olympic gold medal swimmers, um, professional athletes that we work with. You know, every single one of them has a different story to tell, and yeah. that story can really fit in a specific market. And that's really what we try to do is we try to help these athletes find their niche market. Yeah, cool. and if we can do that, then we can capture an audience. And if you can capture an audience's attention, as you know. Now you can start parlaying that into, you know, advertising deals, sponsorships or appearances. Um, and so that's really the approach that we take and we try to develop that strategy with each athlete. So each athlete, I guess, has, I guess, um, a, a small window in terms of their professional athletic career. And then they would need to, to pivot from that into, I guess, a lot go into pro- professional speaking. Some go into their own brands and, and positions, et cetera. Do you, do you have like a, a, a clear path when they're at the height of their career, like Mackenzie, for example, right now, uh, heading towards Tokyo? Do you have a, do you have a plan, like a, a path that they uh, are set up for? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what you're asking is, you know, while they're competing and then, you know, once they retire is, is, is the path very clear. And, you know, a lot of times as we start to work with an athlete, you know, year over year, uh, they really start to get an idea of what their position might be, you know, post-athletics once they're mm-hmm. done competing. 
And for, for some athletes, their biggest years can actually be during that time. Um, you know, our, one of our very first clients that we ever worked with, Carolyn Joyce, um, you know, we didn't partner with her until she was several years removed from competing. Wow. And was already retired. And, and so that's where we really started to build her brand, you know, into uh, women's leadership. And, you know, now she's the CEO of her own company and Fantastic. runs, you know, a couple amazing events, has an online platform. I mean, it, it's really exciting. But, you know, I, I think for most of the athletes right now, you know, the ones who are training for the Olympics, uh, I can guarantee you that's the only thing that they're focused on. Right. Um, absolutely. They, they need yeah. to live, eat, sleep and breathe it, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. So they, they leave everything else up to you, I guess. And that's where you kind of, uh, I noticed on the CG Sports Management side that you have this kind of rounded approach. You look after the business, the negotiation, the, you know, everything outside of their athleticism so that yeah. they can focus on their medals, right? Yes, absolutely. So we try to manage everything, you know, we, we try to manage all of the business stuff, essentially, you know, everything that's outside of the gym, outside of the pool or the track. Yeah. That's really what we're responsible for. Um, and each athlete is different. You know, some some athletes want to be kept in the loop, you know, uh, very aggressively along the entire way. Um, but, you know, right now, we're about 10 months, you know, 10 to 11 months out from the Olympics. And probably the biggest part of my job is actually just keeping them free right? and keeping them, you know, just letting them train can, and doing all that. Yeah. Le- yep. Letting them train, letting them travel to competitions and really only hearing from me when they absolutely need to. And when it's something very, very big, but other than that, you know, just letting them know, Hey, here's kind of what we're working on. Um, you know, you won't hear from me again until some of this stuff starts to develop. Yes or no. But yeah. you know, just so you know, we, we're on top of it for you. Yeah, cool. That's so great. So, CG, I, I said I was going to dig back into the sales environment yeah. because I know that that kind of uh, ability to self-generate, you know, being able to go and knock doors, go and find opportunities, that's really a, a skill set that sets a lot of people aside. Uh, is that something that you've always had intrinsically inside of you? Um, yeah, actually, that yeah, I, even from a young age, uh, from a very young age, you know, whether it was, um, you know, selling, I think one of the first door, true door to door sales experiences I had was doing, and it was, I think it was in the seventh grade wow. and our middle school was doing a fundraiser and they would give us a box of candy, box of candy bars, chocolate bars. And they would say, yep. okay, go and sell, go and sell, you know, and, and, you know, uh, try to sell as many as you can. And it was like, whatever, uh, a couple weeks, you know, let's call it a two week window. Um, and I went and my mom drew, walked with me, you know, and she would stand back and I would walk up to our neighbor's doors and eventually, you know, the neighborhood and just boom, boom, boom. And um, I would, you know, sell them our chocolate and, and whatnot. And I think I made it through maybe halfway of the box. Wow. Cool. And yeah. And, and in like our first night and you know, my mom was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, you know, nice job. Do you want to go home? And I was like, no, 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 let's just go through <laughs> the same, the same loop of houses one more time. Wow. Cool. And you know, it, it, I think most people would wait a day or they'd go through a different loop, but I was like, no, 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 let's just go through the same loop one more time and let's just see what happens. And it didn't occur to me that that might be, you know, weird or maybe kind of pressing a little too much. And I think I made it halfway through the loop and all the candy was gone. Oh, that's so cool. And were yeah. you hooked from that minute? I mean, like that, that becomes something that you, can, that you can hold on to the next time you have to, you know, approach an Adidas or somebody or an, a, an athlete to be represented. Do you hold on to that experience knowing that you've got the, the, the grit to see it through? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's really hard to know in the moment 
Um, you know, when I, when I talk to up and coming, you know, sales reps or, or, or agents, you know, whatever. And, um, I try to let them know like, Hey, my first job in sales out of college was selling hot tubs, Yeah, right. you know, and selling swimming pool chemicals and hot tubs to people who had nice backyards. Like that was my job. And you can learn a lot from that. It may not be the most glamorous product that you're selling, but I think that's actually a huge advantage because you're going to learn the, you know, the skills and the chops that it takes so that eventually when you do find that thing that's yours that you know you're super passionate about, you've got the skills and you're ready to go. Nice. And you're ready to approach a huge company like, you know, Adidas or, um, you know, or, or UGG or Coca-Cola, Dasani, all those types. And, and you have the skill set. But trust me, it's a lot easier to, to fail and fail early, yeah. um, you know, when the stakes aren't so high. When, when you're talking about salespeople, like a lot of the, the people who are listening to the podcast, uh, CG, are, are, are entrepreneurs or they're sales. Yeah. They're self-driven in some way. They're looking for that, that push forward. How would you, um, uh, I guess, give them some advice to, to there's, a, there's a, a saying here in Australia that says, steal the medal, like really to be able to um, get that strength needed to push through those kind of rejection and barriers? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think what you're asking is how do, how do you keep going when yeah. you're getting told no or even maybe physically getting the door slammed <laughs> in your face? Um, I think probably some of the best advice that I ever received uh, was, you know, it's never a no, it's just a not now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think as an entrepreneur where you're really the one who you are the salesperson, you know, a lot of times you're many different departments, you're wearing many different hats, but, you know, the sales starts with you. And I've always kind of found that if you actually do get someone to tell you no, that that's not a bad thing because you can actually do a lot of upselling right from that point. You know, there's a, there's a famous quote, the sale starts at no. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I think as entrepreneurs, you are going to encounter that way more than anyone else. But the nice thing is you can also make changes and adjustments to help and win over some of your very first customers. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think that that's something that is, while very tough and can definitely be a grind, is a huge advantage, you know, whether unless you're, you're an entry level rep and, you know, maybe they're like, okay, if you can give me just a slight discount here, I can work with you. And now if you're a rep, you have to say, I have to go ask my supervisor. <laughs> that's not really within my decision making power. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you can be like, hey, I'll do you one better. Um, and you can offer them something new and you can get creative. I love it. And I, you know, I like uh, for most people who are listening to this on the podcast, they're not going to be able to see CG's expressions, but I love when he was talking, I'll do you one better. Like the body language is just right there. I just, absolutely oh yeah, I was ready to go. <laughs> like one after my own heart, man. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, um, CG, as, as you've gone from then a sales role and you've had some incredible success in that sales position, then into a CEO role with CG sports management, how have you found the tr- transition from, from employee to, to business owner? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, when I first started, there wasn't much difference when I was an employee and then, you know, for my own company and then the CEO, cause I was still the only employee, right. <laughs> you know, but, um, as we've started to grow and we've started to bring on more clients, more athletes, even brands, you know, who, who trust us to help manage their business. What, what I think we've been able to do a really good job of is bring in other, you know, really good people to start to help me manage, um, you know, the inside of the business. Mm -hmm. So that allows me to go and focus on growing the business. And I know that, okay, I have, you know, I have a junior agent, um, you know, or junior agents who are working underneath me 
and I'm able to mentor them, coach them, teach them, and and which I never really had when I started. Yes, um, and so that gives me the confidence to know, like, hey, you get you you're going to be successful with this. I'll it's going to take some time, but I'll I'll help you and, and teach you along the way. And I think that's a big thing is you know as you are a business owner and you start to grow, don't forget to bring in other people mm. to, you know, kind of cover your tracks, right? Like yeah. that's, that's a really important part. And whether that's outsourcing, whether it's bringing an intern or bringing someone in part time, or, you know, if you have the, the, the revenue and the income to provide a, a, an actual, you know, payroll employees, it's very scary. Yeah. And um, because there's no guarantee, but I have found that it's been the single thing that's allowed us to experience a huge step forward in growth every single time. Doesn't mean it's we amazing. get it right every time, but of when course. you do, you know. I've, I've, I've heard from, from many CEOs and people in that position, business owners and, and entrepreneurs, that exact same phrase, that it was the bringing in of a key team member or team members, or even if it's you know somebody from an outsourced perspective, that completely allowed them to leverage their time and move their business forward. For a lot of people, CG, I, I, I hear this a lot, that they, they have that fear. So they're, they're at the point when they're just frantic. You know that startup phase when you're everything, you're the one employee, and they look at bringing in that, that employee or that, that part-timer, and they say to themselves, I can't afford it. How would you say to someone in that position that they will know when the right time is and when should they actually take that leap forward, do you think? Um. I, I know that for me, it was always when I found someone who I was so excited about right. that 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 dollar amount that maybe I'm I wasn't quite attainable. I found someone that I was so excited about bringing on that I I the confidence in in me and my team to be able to pay them was you know was worth it and it outweighed the fear. Yeah. Um, something that we did, you know, and I think a lot of folks who are probably listening, you know, when you're hiring someone. And you're the, you know, you're the CEO, head of HR, head of sales. Usually the interview process is probably a 10 minute, 15 minute phone call. And you're like, all right, you're hired. Yeah. You know, let's, yeah. 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 Let, let's see what you can do. Ready to go. All right. And, and there isn't much of an onboarding process or even an interviewing process. Um, the best salespeople that we ever hired, we made them go through um, a more challenging sales process. Got it. Okay. And so yeah, slow that down was a little bit. Like, don't be so enthusiastic. Yes. Get the right people. Yeah, get the right people. If you're if, if you're a, a one man or one woman show, find some colleagues of yours. Have them do an interview as well. You know, have them. You can give them some questions. Create some filters as well. You know, um, we. I think we have our sales process now, especially if it's a sales professional. I think there's five total interviews nice. that, wow. they ha- that they have to do. And, and one of them is a live demo. It's a, it's a live demo sales call with an actual customer in the field who, you know, we prep, we prepare uh, the salesperson who's interviewing. We let the, the potential prospect, who's usually an existing customer of ours, who yeah. Yeah. Is, is open to helping. And we give them a prompt and then they schedule a time and they go for it. Wow, that's that's such a yeah. good thing. I've never thought of actually talking to existing customers and saying to them, "Hey, uh, would you mind? You know, obviously we're, you've, we've got your best interest at heart, uh, and we're looking mm-hmm. to bring on someone new in our team. Would you mind if this person came and spoke to you? Obviously, that would be a you know a last step in the interview process. But wow, yep. what a great way to to see if that person really is going to resonate with your customers. Oh, absolutely, and especially you know when we use customers who were with us on day one. Wow. And they actually are championing, you know, championing us. 
um, and they'll really help us vet out. It's, it's the single best thing we've ever done in our interview process. So that would be my advice. If you're trying to bring on a salesperson or a marketing person, yeah. um, don't just let yourself, it's so tempting because you're like, ah, I know people, I got my gut and it's, I know you, you're going to be great. You know, um, create a, create a couple <laughs> more, more levels. Place than that. Yeah. Create a couple more levels and you'll save yourself a ton of time and it'll be worth it, um, for that extra spend for sure. Definitely. So have you seen your uh, CG sports management um, stepping up over the years with those key people and key hires? You can actually see the, the lifts in revenue, the lifts in time and all that kind of thing that, that you've achieved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we first started, uh, uh, we really only represented athletes from one sport, which was yep. Olympic swimming. Um, and that was really kind of our bread and butter. It was our niche. And so that allowed us to be successful. And then as we grew and expanded heavily in that market, um, I could sense that, okay, we're, we're starting, this is much bigger than just a swimming Olympic swimming agency. We're, you know, we're a full service sports agency and there's other athletes who would really benefit, but we need to go get them. And that falls on me. Yeah. And so while I was out there, you know, doing recruiting and bringing in new athletes, um, I needed to make sure that, you know, I had systems in place so that our existing business would, you know, continue to grow and, and receive a high level of service. Um, you know, and now we've, we've, we've since grown and, you know, we do all different types of sports, you know, looking to get into a winter Olympics next, um, you know, that's really big for us, but yeah, it, it, it started, you know, from very humble beginnings. Wow. Awesome. So cool. And, um, as you're growing now, you mentioned winter Olympics, are you looking, uh, from a business growth point of view, is your, uh, growth of company dependent upon more athletes representing, or is it about the current ones that you have and, and more opportunities for them? Yeah. So no, that, that's a great question. And I used to, I used to think it was about, you know, getting in more athletes or at least taking the athletes that we have and trying to find, you know, find bigger deals for them and really build out that, that book of business. Um, what, what I really see is, as really helping us grow and grow successfully, you know, while, while maintaining your core values as a company, which is so important, um, you know, as you start to scale, they can really get lost is just Hiring other agents um, who can then go and represent either the current athletes that we have, or, or more more likely they're actually going to be bringing in new athletes. But making sure that you know we have agents, sports agents, uh, marketers within our own company who understand. Okay, this is the CG Sports way of doing business. This is yeah, the CG cool. Sports way of marketing. And you're a, we're going to make you into a professional, or you're you're hired as a professional. Here's our culture. Now go and empower these professional athletes. That's how we're going to grow. Nice. And how important is it that they talk the language in terms of you, you're obviously going to spend a lot of time in locker rooms. You're going to spend a lot of time in training environments. How important is it that the agents speak the language of the athletes and the sport itself? Um, it, it is pretty important. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's a deal breaker, you know, n- n- per se, um, I think when you're trying to get into a completely new market and a new sport, it, it certainly helps. Um, however, at, at the end of the day, the, that client and that athlete, they're hiring you for your business expertise. They're hiring you for, you know, your proven track record, record of growth yeah. of taking an athlete who is about to explode. And once they have that huge moment, you know, in sports, in magazines, on live stream, on TV, that you're there ready to uh, jump on it and capitalize. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So you would have have, um, uh, 
been involved in those, uh, I guess, relationship building um, positions with a lot of athletes. As you said, they're trusting you for your business acumen. Um, do you do you find yourself involved in their their life as well as their training? Are they are they talking to you as a counselor sometimes? Are you feeling that kind of void for them in some some cases? Oh yeah, for sure. The intangibles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's a relationship business. It's a 100% relationship business. And, um, you know, they, they're going to look to you for, you know, business advice. Um, but you know, then eventually as, as you start to grow, I mean, it's always going to be a business relationship. That's the most important thing to remember. Yes, you'll be friends and you will have a friendship, but at the end of the day, it is a business relationship. Um, but you know, you think about some of your best customers, you know, over your career, they're, they're probably some of your closest friends too, yeah, true. you know, and, or, or you, you've grown to become, you know, cause you've, you've experienced wins and losses and that's what a lot of times makes the stronger relationship. And so, um, yeah, they'll, they'll they definitely reach out, you know, for, for advice here and there. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's just someone to kind of talk to, you know, because being a professional athlete can be very exciting. Can also be a little lonely too. It's, it's yeah, sure. Under- I guess they, they have to focus in on one specific goal and and uh, to the exclusion of all else a lot of the time. Yeah, and there's very few people who are that good in the world at something as you know as they are, and so it's it's tough. What do you think are the characteristics of a champion? Oh, that's a big one. Um, what are the characteristics of a champion? I think that the ability that one of the things that I notice, uh, whether it's, you know, champions on the field or even in the business world is this really hyper-focused ability to, to uh, this hyper ability to focus. Okay. Um, when, when it matters the most, um, you know, a lot of the best athletes in the world are, they, they can be super casual, sometimes even kind of shy, and then you get them either behind the blocks, you get them, you know, focused on an extremely difficult sporting scenario, and they are so calm, they are so focused, and there is nothing else around them. And it's, they're going to execute no matter what. The stadium could be crumbling on top of them, and they, would, they wouldn't notice. Yeah. And that's the, to me, that seems to be a differentiator between, you know, the top one percent and the top five percent of of professional athletes and and i would even say business people that's cool and and so i was going to follow that up with another question and and ask does that trait the hyper focus translate into a business success typically as well yeah so here's a great example so when i was working in software sales you know we're on a sales floor i mean it's open everyone's you know they're just dialing, dialing, dialing. So we had a quota and I think it was around 35 or 40 phone calls per day, outbound calls, cold calls that we had to make. Um, and that was, you know, that was kind of the expectation. We had hit a minimum of 150. Um, so most, most of the reps, you know, throughout the course of their day, they would get in, um, you know, they would, they would hit some calls in the morning, maybe walk away from the desk, make a little breakfast, come back and kind of space it out. And by the end of the day, they'd hit like maybe 25 or 30, something like that. Yeah. The, People who, the, the reps who were always just crushing their quota, um, who were, you know, hitting all their calls, were doing it in a very focused one-hour block. And they would just block everything out. I don't even think, some of them wouldn't even have email up. They would block everything out, turn their cell phones off, 
be plugged into their computer or however they made their calls. And they would get not just the 30 calls, but they would get like 50 and it would be done, but it was always done within an hour, always. And so that's that ability to, to focus. Um, And that was something that I learned, you know, from being around some of those high performers. And I was like, oh, wow, I need to try and, um, you know, I need to try to adopt that type of mentality. And it's, it's uh, that bringing yeah. in, like um, we've, we've heard the yeah. analogy so many times. It's like that magnifying glass, you know, that can be just showing a light, but when you pinpoint that in, it can start a fire. Like, and it's that absolute dedication to that one task at hand. I think that's a yeah. great analogy between the, the business and sporting world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to make it clear. It's, it's always, it always seems to be over a fairly finite amount of time. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, I know there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there who, you know, really advocate for, you know, I'm, I'm grinding 24 yeah. <laughs> seven and stuff like that. Um, from my experience, both in the sporting world and the business side, I think that some of the best performers have this ability to, they can just zero in on whatever that task is um, and just crank for a certain amount of time. And then they, they leave and they go do something else and their brain continues to digest, digest, digest. And they come back the next day and they're able to be super focused. And then they, it's, to me, it seems to be that like, you know, uh, stress, 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 recovery, stress, 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 recovery cycle. And actually, when you look at it from a, uh, from a sports perspective, that is, is prevalent everywhere, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, train to failure and then recuperate. Like, and, and if we look at that from a business perspective and, and we put a set of tasks in front of us, and if we take that same mentality and say, okay, train to failure, you have to do this until it is done and then, you know, and then walk away, go and go and do something else, but get yeah. that singular most important task finished and watch the, the steps escalate with success as you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So what's a, what's a typical day for you now, CG? What's, the, what's, what's the, a day in the life of CG Yule? Yeah. So, I mean, a typical day for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the early side, uh, and I, I like to, you know, I can kind of make up my own schedule, but I, I live on the West coast. Um, you know, I, I typically like to be up, you know, around six. I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, and I might have just a little bit of time to myself. And then, you know, once I'm kind of in the saddle, you know, at my desk, it's, I like to really just focus on, you know, uh, what needs to happen today to move the needle forward, whether it's on certain strategic deals we're trying to do, whether it's on events that we're producing and running, um, you know, the, where I'm really, really cooking is where I've already been able to delegate specific things to my team mm-hmm. and they can run with it. And that allows me to focus on, you know, a lot of times just doing the actual selling or pitching or, you know, uh, whether it's bringing in a new sponsor um, you know, trying to find a decision maker within a very large company so that I can pitch, you know, some of our athletes or one specific athlete. Um, you know, that's, that's a big part of my time. Wow. And, cool. you know, I, like, I believe I'm most effective uh, in terms of spending my time for my clients when I'm on the phone, um, speaking, trying to speak to decision makers. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's the best use of my time for my clients. So um, a, a really super productive day means that you've, you've looked at what we have to do. You've pushed out to the people that are around you, all of the tasks that you can, they're on path and you are able to, to focus on what you need to do to be able to, to bring revenue in, which is, I think, a great model. Do you use any, uh, do you have any tools to help you with that productivity set, CG? Do you have like a set of apps? Do you, are you a, a task list and checklist kind of guy? What's your, what's your toolkit? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, the CRM that we use right now is, uh, you know, we're still a small company, but the CRM that we use is called Pipe Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I love it. It's very visual. I think that's why I like it so much. Yep. Um, you know, we, uh, in the past, we, you know, we've definitely used Salesforce and whatnot, but I really like Pipe Drive because I, I found that it allowed me to communicate with my team of reps the best. Perfect. And it allows, it, it teaches them, you know, the different stages that a deal goes through, you know, um, you know, green white space prospecting, you know, discovery call, contact made, validate, 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 you know, uh, proposal presented, closing stages, and everything from, you know, contract signed is, is what we have. And so that's, uh, you know, that's allowed me to, to coach and teach the best. And that's why I selected that. Other than that, I mean, you know, I guess I'm kind of old school, but I just try to use, you know, a nice little notepad. Nice. Um, cool. you know, but I mean, you can see, I always have stuff here. And I think the biggest thing that I try to do, um, and I think a lot of business owners and leaders can relate to this. I try to just have three things each day, just yep. three things, just, you know, okay. If, if anything, if you can get all these three done on this list today, you're doing pretty good. It's a great day. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a great day. And most days I, 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 I think I might only get one or two done. Um, but you know, and those are three pretty, but they're, they're I know, really I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Moving, moving things forward. Um, so, you know, and, and I don't always have great days. I mean, I have days where I might be backed up from travel or, you know, was really, was really, really busy the, the days before and I haven't delegated stuff to my team and, and I may only, I may get to none of those three things, sure. and, but, but that's always a great indicator for me that says, okay. What happened today that you couldn't even get one of these three really important things done? So what needs to change? What do you need to do? Is it, you know, do you need to stop and say, okay, let's organize, let's recalibrate, and then let's hit go again. And, you know, that's, um, I used to get really frustrated by that, Walt, but I'm starting to realize that's, that's okay. A lot of times it means, it means there's part of the process and usually means there's growth happening. It means yeah, something definitely. happened that, you know, maybe you weren't really adapted to yet, right? There was a swell, a bubble somewhere that, that you know, has meant something has come into your world, into CG Sports Management, into your own personal world, and you had to, you know, move things around. And as you said, typically, that's growth. Do you have like a review process daily? Are you, you know, do you go back over the day, look at what's happened, or is that a weekly or monthly thing for you? How do you review yourself and the team? Um, so right now I do weekly. Cool. Um, so I... I this was one of my big things um, this year was I, I wanted to very diligently start sending a week, a Friday weekly recap. Nice. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty entertaining, I suppose, but um, you know, I, it goes out to our, our whole company, our internal team, our subcontractors, our sales reps, um, you know, every, everyone's on it. And I, you know, I highlight team members who've done really, really well, things of note, and then I think there's three different sections. The first section is cool things that happened this week. Nice. And I just, I just bullet point them out. Um, and then the next thing is uh, neat things coming down the pipeline. And cool. I share with them, you know, what's coming down that usually, you know, maybe only I know. Um, and then the third, the third thing is uh, it's usually just story time with CG or my, my, my nickname is Uncle Young. So <laughs> and it'll, it'll be story time with Uncle Young. And I'll share... You know, a story maybe from my, from, you know, that happened within the week or a lesson learned, you know, and it highlights, we highlight positives and we highlight failures, but we always highlight the ability to learn. I love um, it. And so I try to do that. I used to do that just whenever I felt like it. 
But now I do it almost every single week. It's very rare that I'll miss. And I think it's made a huge impact on our team, especially um, because a lot of them work remotely. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we always hear about leaders and CEOs sharing their vision. And I think that's a great way to do that, to make sure that you have that um, communication and encouragement and, and I guess, uh, incorporating a team environment with, with CG Sports Management, which is really, really cool. CG, yeah. I'm so conscious of your time. I, I'm thankful and grateful. I know that it's, uh, it's evening where you are and, you know, it's been a long day and uh, your time with us has been super, super valuable. I really love it. I've just got a couple more questions if I can. Please. What advice yeah. would you give someone who's just starting out on their entrepreneurial journey? We can take this from a, from a sporting athlete, someone who wants to hit those goals and, and assimilate that to a, to a person who in the same space might be a startup entrepreneur, have that great idea and want to look out and getting onto their own. That person who has a goal in front of them looking to achieve something, what advice would you wrap around that person to help them on their way? Yeah. Um, gosh, that's a, that's, that's a big one. Um, just cause there's so many, uh, so many, I guess, different routes you could go. Um, the, the one thing that I would say is if, if you have an idea a lot of times you're, you don't realize how much subconsciously you are thinking and reverse engineering that idea. Right. And I think with the way that it worked for me was I had this vision. I was, I was a full-time software salesperson, um, you know, living in Washington DC at the time. And, and, I, but I just, I knew that there was something else out there for me. And I knew that it was going and running my own business and my own sports agency. I just wasn't able to connect the dots on how exactly do I get there. And that was very scary because you know where you want to be and you know where you are. You just don't know the plan to get there. Sure, a, lot of yeah. times, a lot of times there aren't really people you can talk to who've done exactly what you've done. Um, but my advice would be um, just trust that your subconscious is actually helping you kind of reverse engineer the steps back. And eventually you will get to a point, you'll feel it in your gut where you've worked backwards to the point where you work to the, to the present, like to yeah. today. Yeah. And, and then it's just a, it's just a matter of, you know, taking a deep breath and then, and then making the jump. Nice. Um, but I, I guess I would, I guess what I'm really trying to say is be patient. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you're failing. Um, it doesn't mean that you're, you're not smart enough and you haven't worked out the solution yet. A lot of times you're actually working in hyperdrive. You just don't realize it. Sure. Um, and I think that's the nature of being an entrepreneur is you get an idea and you just think and think and think and you don't realize that you're actually even thinking when you're not. Um, yeah. So that, so that big goal that, that a lot of people have, uh, you know, once you set that in motion and say to yourself that that's what we're going to achieve, your, your mind, the universe, the whole thing goes to work towards achieving that. And even though you may feel frustrated, you may feel like you don't even know where to start, you're overwhelmed and have no idea where to go from there, knowing that, you know, that, that conscious step-by-step approach to achieving something like that can happen at tiny incremental levels that you may not even realize it can be a phone call today, an email, a jot of a notepad. And that is the step that's needed to, to move it forward. That is really, really cool advice. My last question for you, man. CG Young has achieved some amazing things with CG Sports Management. Some incredible athletes around the world depend on you for their business and for their lives and and, uh, the people you've put together. My question for you is what's next? What's the goals that you're heading towards personally for CG Sports Management, for your people, your athletes? Tell me some of the the things that we'll see for you on the horizon. Yeah, so um, what's next for us right now, what's a big focus is uh, we're trying to develop, um, you know, sort of the next series of superstar sports agents within our company. Awesome. Um, you know, that's uh, through mentoring, through coaching, through sales training. 
Um, you know, I think we're probably one of the only few sports agencies in the market where we actually invest in professional sales training for our, our agents, you know, as if they were a, a BDR or an SDR rep. And that probably comes from my, my background in tech, but it's been a huge advantage for me. Yeah. And it's something that we've done with some of our superstars. And so that's, that's really what's next for us. Um, you know, yes, as we try to grow into other sports, you know, and that, that'll be exciting for me. But uh, internally within our company, that's, that's a huge thing for us is that's we've developed cool. athletes. Yeah, we've developed pros. We've developed athletes, help them grow their brand. But now we want to develop agents who can then go and, and, and represent um, you know, other athletes and help them grow. I was just thinking that as you were talking, the, the, the development of your sales agents into being the best professional agents that can, they can be is the actual catalyst for then helping the athletes achieve their best business goals, for achieving yeah. your sponsors and their best representation. Like everything starts with that development of the agents. So that is really super cool. CG Young, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've been able to, to, to mold some of the world's best athletes and develop business plans for them, help them achieve some things in their lives that they wouldn't have never done without the help of CG Sports Management. Uh, I'm really grateful for your time, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I've, I've really enjoyed the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Walt. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.